Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things in life that are okay to cheap out on, but your car battery is not one of them. And that's because you never know what a cheap battery could cost you. Like, uh, say, Paul's going to see the Holy Triumphant Russian concert or reunion show. It's impossible right now. But that's certainly something you wouldn't want to miss because your car won't start. That's why you need Interstate Batteries, America's number one replacement battery. And the brand Autotechs prefer three times more than any other brand. Get a battery test today. Find your closest dealer at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com. Outrageously dependable. Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is the Dan Patrick. Ah, that was fun last night. Took a while, but that was fun. Welcome to the program. Dan and the Dan X Dan Patrick Show. We'll dive into Zion Williamson's pro debut. Not a bad debut. Eli Manning is going to retire on Friday. Of course, we have to ask the question, is he a Hall of Famer or not? We'll get to those topics coming up. Your phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We'll hear from Zion Williamson. Also, the uh, baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred. We'll hear from him about the Astros and the possibility of taking away their title. This program is brought to you by the great folks at LegalZoom. You need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. And if you want to join us in Miami at the Super Bowl, we have tickets. They're free. You go online to DanNMIA, capital M-I-A dot com, to arrange for your free tickets to the show in Miami. So DanNMIA.com for free tickets. We'd love to see you. All righty. Zion last night did something that hasn't been done since the shot clock was invented in 1954. Zion scored 22 points in a little over 18 minutes of action. That's the most points per minute in a player's NBA debut in the shot clock era, 1954. There's a couple things that stand out with Zion. Now, he started out slow. I wouldn't have started him. And and then they ran an alley-oop on the first play for him. I would have eased him in a little bit more, but I will give credit, and you're probably not going to hear this from anybody else today. Alvin Gentry, Gentry did the right thing, the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, because He was playing so well, they have a chance to win that game against San Antonio. Probably do win if you keep him in, but the medical staff said he's playing this amount of time, and maybe that was 18 minutes, and he played 18 minutes and 18 seconds. Alvin Gentry did not get caught up in what everybody else did. Wait, he's playing so well. Zion, I'm sure, didn't want to come out. Now he's 18 years of age. He wants to play all night. This is a long-term play, and Alvin Gentry and his medical team decided this is what he was going to do and how long he was going to play, because if he had stayed in and he got injured, Alvin Gentry would have been ripped today. Here is Alvin Gentry talking about Zion Williamson long-term health. I think we've got to be smart about it. I think we understand that we have to look long-term and not, you know, one game, short-term, put him out there and play him extended minutes, you know, so 
uh, we were not going to do that in any situation. So I think he made his point, and uh, I think he'll continue to get better, but we can't sacrifice his whole future for one short-term thing. Here's Zion on coming out of the game in the fourth quarter. How difficult was it when you kind of found that rhythm to not be able to, to stay in, knowing that long-term it may have been a better decision? Uh, it's very hard. You know, I'm 19, honestly. In that moment, I'm not thinking about longevity. I'm thinking about winning that game. So it was very, it was very tough. Yeah, I understand it. You want to play. You're playing well. It took a while because he didn't look comfortable. And trying to get into a rhythm when you're playing three or four minutes and then they're taking you out, three or four minutes then taking you out. Then he got a chance to play a little bit more, uh, hit a couple of threes. There's a lot of fun things that he does. It's still the, the thing that stands out. I know he can dunk. We know that he's explosive. But his ability, his willingness to pass, his ability and willingness to pass, that has always stood out with Zion Williamson. And I always get this puzzled look when I say that to people. They're like, wait, that's what stands out? I go, yeah, I already know he can dunk. I already know size-wise he's, you know, a freak of nature. But his ability to pass and his willingness to pass – you know, that that's it. And he wants his teammates to have, you know, he loves when they score. He celebrates as much as they do, if not more. I love that. It's contagious. And to have a 19-year-old come in playing with some older guys or veterans, you know, they want to see. You know, they're, they're, they know that he can be great. They know he's the future. How does he fit in with a team instead of making it about himself? Now, a lot of positives last night. I do think they're a playoff team. And Zion, the rest of the year, let's see what happens. Is he going to play back-to-back games? Probably not. How much pressure does he get? Maybe a nudge from the NBA. Maybe the Pelicans, I should say, with, hey, is he going to play in this nationally televised game? I think everybody's got to take a step back because having surgery and on that knee, and that's his, that's his plant knee when he goes up. Uh, I think, you know, this is a very cautious approach is what I would take. And I know you're probably going, well, at that size, that ability, he's going to be hurting other people. You know, when you go up and dunk like that and you're coming back down on that knee that is surgically repaired, and keep in mind when he got hurt at Duke, when he, you know, made that pivot at the foul line, he blew out his, uh, you know, shoe there. He's, he should be treated differently with the minutes as we move along the rest of this season. I wondered if he was going to come back. Reggie Miller even said the same thing. Should he come back this season? And Reggie said this. Now, I, I want to say this and I, without sounding like I'm fat-shaming because, you know, Twitter picked up on this last night with Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. I'm approaching this from just a basketball uh, lens. I'm just looking at him saying, long-term, how does he play? Can he withstand this? Now, there's great things about being that size, but I don't want this to be fat shaming. We talked about Luka Doncic. He has baby fat on him right now. You know, we talked about Christoph Porzingis. He was too skinny. Kevin Love had baby fat. So this isn't let's, let's fat shame Zion Williamson. This is as he moves along. And I'm sure that the Pelicans know this and Zion knows this. I don't think he can continue to play at this weight. I don't. Now, sitting out for, what, 13 weeks? I didn't think he was going to be in great shape, top-of-the-line shape, and he wasn't. You know, that would be something I would work on the rest of the season. Uh, You know, because you eat differently as a pro than you do when you're in college or in high school. 
and, you know, that travel, the wear and tear, just on your body. And look at all the big men who had issues with their feet or their knees because they were so big. And that would be the one thing that I would be concerned about or at least be aware of. But, you know, if you're accusing me of fat shaming, Mark Jackson, you know, pointed this out. Reggie Miller said he needed to lose 20 pounds. We talked about Joel Embiid needs to get in better shape. This is not, hey, I'm trying to make fun of you. It's I hope that he's able to do this and get into the shape that he's comfortable with where we don't have that wear and tear on that knee. And I am right there at the head of the class when it comes to knees because I've had six surgeries and a replacement. So I know exactly what it is. And, of course, I was a high-flying dunker as all right, maybe not high, a dunking. All right, I dunked a couple times. Big deal. But that plant knee, when you come down on that, that'll be an issue. But I, I was caught up in it, loved it. Hated to see him come out, but I certainly understood it. And I, I was wondering, you know, how many minutes, how many seconds was he going to play? Because it felt like they had it down to the exact second that he was maybe going to play 18 minutes, and he played 18 and 18 seconds. And it was good. That was fun. And uh, as we move forward, maybe able to uh, circle the calendar with a couple of things uh, where we're going to have some showdowns. He's become must-see TV. Aside from the Super Bowl, it's the hottest ticket right now in sports is Zion Williamson. We'll come up with a poll question here. Is it Zion Williamson related, McLovin? No, we already put one up. Okay. We felt so strongly about it over here. We've actually done it before. It's Eli Manning related. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can tell you're excited already. It's see whose career would you want, and guess which player we compare to Eli. I think you'll be able to. It's a poll question. Would you rather be Eli Manning or this player who has a different set of characteristics than Eli, but you might want to be him? Okay. I, who is known for not having won the Super Bowl? But Dan Marino. Oh, yeah. Would I rather be Dan Marino or Eli Manning? I'd rather be Dan Marino. Oh, let the debate begin. Yeah. You know, Dan Marino changed the position. There's never a doubt when you talk about great quarterbacks. And, and yes, Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't. Uh, but Dan Marino could have won Super Bowls, I think, with any of the other teams in the NFL back then who did win Super Bowls. I think Dan Marino with the Niners probably would have won a Super Bowl or two. Um, can you say that about Eli Manning? What he did, he had two marvelous games, and you could even say postseason runs. I just don't think he was ever the best quarterback at any point in his career. He was never first-team All-Pro. He went to Pro Bowls. I think he went to four. And here we go. When we talk about the Hall of Fame, it's either you praise, you know, I'm here to praise you or bury you. Eli, I think, will eventually get into the Hall of Fame. But I don't look at him much different than I do Jim Plunkett. If you're looking at, hey, you got two Super Bowls, you're getting. If, if Eli had one, is he getting in? Is it that close? And the answer is probably not getting into the Hall of Fame because I think Phil Sims was a better quarterback. You get two, and it's hard to argue that you get two in New York, and it's almost like that cements, you know, your answer. Eli's going to get in, and he'll be in the same building as Dan Marino. He'll get in, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's going in. He's got a couple of Super Bowls. But to compare him to Dan Marino, Dan Marino is pretty cool. I don't think Dan Marino's losing much sleep over not winning a Super Bowl. 
I don't. Yes, yes, McLovin. This front row is it's making a lot of noise up here on this one. I, I would rather be Dan Marino. Nobody doubts your talent. Nobody doubts your place in history. So we were talking about this poll before. I'm like, Dan Marino's definitely going to win this poll, right? And I would think I would have thought that Dan Marino would have run away uh, for people voting, but not in this room. All right, uh, Seton O'Connor. Well, I mean, it's hard to say that you wouldn't want Dan Marino's career, but I don't agree that. Well, he's not really losing any sleep over it. Not I, anymore. I, I think it drives him nuts. Only, only this week coming up. That's the only week I think it bothers Dan Marino. Yeah, but that happens every single year. It does. So he's got one bad week out of the year. <laughs> Eli's had how many bad weeks over the last eight years? Yeah, but he's sitting back on $250 million. Oh, well, yeah, you got that. Dan Marino's not broke. That's not the worst. Yeah, <laughs> no. but he's not that. <laughs> no, but I, I'd take Dan Marino's career in a second. If you say it came down to money, then you would take Kevin Garnett's career over everybody in the history of the NBA. Because he made more money than everybody. Yeah, McLovin. Did Marino blow all his money on designer gloves for his linemen, as I recall? No. The isotoners? The isotoners. Uh, Paul, you're taking Eli? To me, it's really not that close. I would I would like to be perceived like Dan Marino. By the public, I'd like to be perceived as one, the greatest, one of the inventors of the passing game and all that stuff. When I go home at night with my two rings... I wouldn't have. I would sleep like a baby, knowing I led my team. I was one of the focal points, leading my team in New York to two titles. I can go back and see those guys. There's no regrets. You, you, you. That's that's why Eli can retire comfortably because he's got two. Jim Plunkett won two. Yeah, but he also was spotty in a lot of other places. He's, he was spotty like Eli was. Eli didn't. He went, has one playoff win, I think, in the last eight years. True. But two rings that you're responsible for. Eli had 15 touchdowns. The defense is really, really responsible for that. Yeah. Really, really oh, responsible. Oh, sure, sure. It's but, not just Eli in a shootout no, over Tom Brady. He didn't carry them, but I will take Eli's, no no, no doubt. Yes, he Those rings still fit on his finger, regardless oh, of uh, how important do. the defense was or not. They do. They do. But people will question your career. Nobody questions Marino's career. Yeah, Tom. I'd take Marino, too, but is it self, do you think it's selfish if someone would pick Eli so you can show off your two rings or display them, would be able to be introduced as a two-time Super Bowl champion just from an ego standpoint to pick Eli over Dan Marino? I don't, I'm not following. Do you think if someone, would, you think if someone picked Eli, it, it would be somehow selfish or it's an egotistical choice to pick Eli to say you're a two-time Super Bowl champion versus the name Dan Marino rings like a much bigger deal in NFL circles than Eli Manning's name? Well, we view rings. That's the bottom line with quarterbacks. I understand, you know, the guys in the front row saying that Eli sleeps well at night. And, you know, it's Dan Marino was different at that position. Didn't win it. And, uh, you know, I guess that that'll stay with him the rest of his life. Every Super Bowl week, he'll have to answer that question or he'll hear that question. The other 51 weeks out of the year, I think Dan Marino's doing okay. Yes, he Just that torment of, like, <laughs> of in his not, – not just the one week, though, right? You have to think that maybe by now he's come to terms with these things. But for a long time, it's got to have haunted Dan Marino that, like, man, I just thought I'd get back there. That that would drive me crazy. I thought I I thought I would get back there. I thought we had another chance. That would drive me nuts. Yeah. Eli's career four Pro Bowl selections. He of course won two Super Bowls, MVP in those Super Bowls, 
Uh, let me see. Career passing, uh, seventh all-time in touchdowns, seventh all-time in passing yards, and seventh all-time in career starts. All right. Yes. Like, even if he was just at home right now and he's like, ah, oh, let me see what Dan's talking about. Like, oh, great. They're doing me in the Super Bowl again. Oh, Marino? Yeah, Marino. He's sitting oh, no, at home. Oh, no, but I'm sticking up for it. Right, I know, but it's just the fact that it's a topic. It's like it never goes away. It'd be like Eli tuning in and saying, wait, I won two Super Bowls. Why would he take Dan Marino? If he didn't have two, he, he's not getting in. He's getting in. And, and and that is fine. I celebrate the Hall of Fame. I do. And, and it would be a great, you know, maybe he gets his dad or Cooper or, uh, you know, Peyton who introduces him. That would be great. But New York overrates you. Because Joe Namath, if he, if he won that title in Kansas City, he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's plain and simple. And I dearly love Joe Namath as a person. And he, he was flamboyant, but he, he won one Super Bowl. Granted, it was a really important Super Bowl to win, but he's not he was not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's just not. But he won those in New York. Yeah, McLevin. I'm looking at the all-time leaders in passing yards, and Eli's seventh, but, like, Rivers is sixth. Yeah, but none of that's going to matter yeah, in five just, years. Five years when the, he gets he's up on uh, the ballot, and, and this isn't going to matter. Right, that was my question. Are these passing numbers, like Matt Ryan's 10, are they all going to become, like, receiving numbers where that's not going to be enough to get you in? Yeah, because if you said Lynn Swan was playing now, I'm guessing Lynn Swan and Paul Warfield would have been unbelievable. But if you look at their numbers, you know, you, you can get that in – Five years, four years, it feels like. Three years in the NFL for some of these guys. It, you know, it's trying to find out. If I say the person's name and your answer is either yes or no, that's really what it comes down to. It's not, well, you waited your time here. Wait, am I Hall of Famer or not? That's really what it comes down to. And if you think Eli Manning's Hall of Famer, great. Put him in. I think it'll be a lot closer. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think maybe we can agree on that. I don't know. Let me let me, let me take the temperature of the room on the other side. Is Eli a first ballot? God, I can't believe I'm discussing this. After Zion's debut last night. <laughs> Is Zion a first ballot? Not yet. He's got to play one more good game. Ah. <laughs> Is Eli a first ballot Hall of Famer? Seton O'Connor. The answer is no, then. <laughs> Paulie, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? He shouldn't be, but the pro-Manning sentiment could push him over the top. The answer is no. Todd. I'm going to say no. All right. McLovin. I'll bet you a wheel of anything he goes in on the first ballot. Those writers love them. They so love the Manning. You think of the people in that room. You know the people. They love them some Eli Manning. Cooper's going to get in. I'm going to say no. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I'll, I'll, we'll have a bet on that, McLovin. Yes, yes. It totally. kind of uh, depends. Years from now. It kind of depends on how his media career goes after this. Because if he uh, steps into the CBS booth and him and Jim Nance are killing it, then all of a sudden he looks a hell of a lot more Hall of Fame-y. What than, if he doesn't do well as a broadcaster? And he's got no chance. Mm. No chance. Yeah, because Jason Witten, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. And then he went in the broadcast booth. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, Tom. <laughs> What is it about Eli's all-shucks personality, especially compared to his brother, that would make people go run to have Well, I don't know. What anyway. kind of leader was he on the sidelines? Was he animated? Got to have that. Got to have that fire in your belly. Yeah. And by the way, who thought Romo was going to be great in the booth? How many times did we hear him after a loss? 
frustrating. It's frustrating, disappointing. Yeah. Yes, Paul. If you were ESPN and you could hire... Wait, 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 save it. No, 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 no. I did way, way, way too much here in the first segment. <laughs> I got to take a break here. By the way, Zion had a really good debut last night, just in case anybody cares. All righty. Uh, 20 after the hour. Just getting started here. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show. That's uh, frustrating. And <laughs> do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. All righty. Man, we came out of the gates firing. All of a sudden, I wanted to talk about Zion's debut, and I got the Danette saying, no, we're talking about Eli Manning today. And Eli doesn't retire officially until Friday. I remember you guys thought he was going to play this year. I said, he's not going to play. Unless he can start, he's not playing, and he's not starting. So that's why he's going to retire. He doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. First time ever you can experience football's biggest game in 4K HDR, and that'll be only on DirecTV. DirecTV, the leader in 4K live sports, and if you don't have 4K, go to attcom slash Patrick4K for more information. Got a tweet? Cincy Greg, who always has some thoughtful tweets, it's all about the but. Marino is one of the greatest of all time but never won a Super Bowl. Eli may not be considered one of the all-time greats, but he won two Super Bowls. Yeah. That's what this comes down to. All of a sudden, we got got Dan Marino involved in the uh, conversation here. Yes, McLovin. You're not going to believe the results of the poll. It's been up for an hour. Okay. Lots of votes. Okay. It's exactly 50-50. No kidding. Yeah, I would have thought Dan Marino would win the 70-30 because he's Dan Marino. Well, there's recency bias, too, because I don't know how many people voting saw Dan Marino and really understood what Marino was all about. Um Eli's retiring now, and he beat the Patriots twice. So people may vote for Eli just because he beat the Patriots twice. Yes, he. One interesting part of it, though, is that if you were to ask anybody, would you want Dan Marino as your quarterback, everybody would say yeah. Yeah. Right? There isn't a personal I would be like, I don't know if I want Dan Marino on my team. Mm -hmm. But if you ask that about Eli Manning, (laughs) well, I don't know. I might try somebody else. All right. So that's the poll question. Now, we started thinking about this. Does Eli Manning go into the broadcast booth? And remember, Peyton didn't want to do Monday night football, didn't want to be in the broadcast booth because he didn't want to do a game where he had to be maybe critical or analyze his brother's games. So now Eli is retiring. If I said you could have two Mannings or one Romo, what do you have? Let's say same price. Hypothetically. I can give you both Manning brothers, although Peyton would demand more than Tony Romo out of principle. 
if I can get both Mannings or a Romo. If you're Monday Night Football, two Mannings or one Romo. Oh, hang up and listen. Yes, why is why are Peyton and Eli better than just Peyton? Well, I, I think it would be just the novelty of having two brothers in there. We, we know that they kid each other a lot. They're very, very funny together. Having shared the stage with them at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they're they're really funny. Play off each other really, really well. Um, if I'm CBS, I would keep Romo. If I'm ESPN, I would go all in on the Mannings. If you could do it. Because, you know, Disney's got money here. They, they don't, I mean, pay them for what it's, you can finally get that credibility for Monday Night Football, that tune-in factor. Um, you know, having both of those guys analyze a game, even if you just said you got Peyton on Monday night. I mean, I, I think Peyton would take what Tony has done and take it to another level. Because my, at least my thought process, if you're going to have Peyton Manning do a game, I would have that camera from behind that follows the quarterback to the line of scrimmage and let Peyton in real time tell you what he sees, lay out, play happens, and then he comes back and then he gives you his analysis. I think that that would be my approach if I had Peyton Manning in the broadcast booth. Peyton, maybe Peyton still wants to be in the front office somewhere. Maybe. And he's been successful. I'm sure he's very successful in business, still doing commercials. He has that show on ESPN, ESPN Plus. I don't know what Eli wants to do. You know, Eli's a different cat. You know, he doesn't go out there and, and look for the publicity, the spotlight. Peyton's good at finding it, and he's really good when he's in that spotlight. Yeah, Paul. You know, Peyton's show on ESPN, it, it's pure Peyton in the fact that he's in total control of it. His focus is on him. No one's telling him what to do, what to talk about, what to ask. He's in control. If he goes in the Monday football booth, he still is. you got the handcuffs on you a little bit as far as, like, you know, how much control you have to riff to do things. Oh, he'd have total control. Total control. What I'm saying is, like, he can't travel the country and interview people for when Monday Night Football. It's more of a controlled yeah, but environment. You're only going to work for 16, 17 weeks. You know, if he's traveling the country for this, you know, Peyton's place, you know, unless he enjoys that. I mean, it seems like he enjoys these storylines and unearthing stories that, uh, you know, previously we hadn't heard of. Yeah, McLevin. While you're at it, do you call Drew Brees and Tom Brady if you're ESPN? I don't see Tom Brady going into the broadcast booth. I mean, I, w- I would do a drive-by and say, hey, just out of respect, I'm going to ask you if you're interested in doing this. Drew Brees, I could see Drew doing that. I could. Now, I don't know if he has political aspirations. I, I mean, he's got little ones. I, I don't know, but I could see where Brees would get in there and be good at that. And that's why I always tell these athletes or former athletes, if you get a great job, hold on to that job. Jason Witten wasn't ready for Monday Night Football. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. But he, if it's in front of you, you have to take it. And social media is different, you know, for these guys. And they're critiquing you. It used to be you had to wait till Monday for Rudy Marchke in USA Today column to criticize you critique it now it's it's in the moment it's it's real time it's live and that's hard because these guys are checking their social media during the game and then all of a sudden you broadcast in accordance to what social media is directing you and that to me you can't do that can't yeah Paul. and don't you think that's what makes romo great is that he's got this non-traditional style that's very 
like you said, a bucking Bronco. He doesn't seem to care about what anyone thinks of what he's doing. He's playing through, and Jim Nance is helping him through it. I can't imagine Jim Nance is on social media, and Romo probably isn't. You just do the game, and then whatever happens after the fact, okay, you can decide if you want to hear it, read it, see it, but uh, if I'm ESPN and I could get both Mannings, because that, that way you might get Peyton to do it if he's going to have Eli there. And Eli might do it if Peyton's willing to do it. But you got to get a play-by-play guy who's a, who doesn't get out in front of this and try to be too analytical. I think Joe Tessitore's one of his main problems I have with him is he gets out and tries to be a little too analytical. And that's a common theme for us because as a host, you want to make it seem like or you want to let people know you do know the sport that you're talking about. Uh, you don't want to say why or how and have people say, well, why would he say why or how? Doesn't he know? You know, it's, it's really, that's a tough thing to do, to just lay out and let that person. And Jim Nance is really good at doing that. Jim will just say, Tony, why are they doing this? Jim, I'm sure, will know. He's been around this, you know, doing this for 30 years, 40 years almost. So, but if I'm not ESPN, I go after the Mannings. And they're going to go after, well, they've already gone after Romo. But the, if I'm Tony Romo, I stay at CBS because you got, you have a play-by-play guy who is great at doing that. He has experience. You have a friendship there. And those things, it, it's so, it's taken for granted that you just put people together and they make magic. It's the people who are friends. Tariko, when he was with John Gruden, that was a great broadcast. Sean McDonough and John Gruden, not a great broadcast. And you know why? And it's not because, it's not Sean, you know, it's a negative on how he broadcast. He's not friends with John Gruden. Tariko and John Gruden were friends, are friends. And it sounded that way. Yeah, McLevin. I noticed last night, to bring it back to Zion, that Van Gundy, Breen, and Jackson, those guys seem like best friends. I mean, they're so laid back, almost to a detriment. They're very chatty. Like, they just talk about dinner last night a lot. Yeah, people have a problem with that when they get a little too, hey, how about stick to the game? Um, I think they're, they're very funny, those guys. I like all There's respect and friendship there. And Breen is really, he, he's very, very talented at getting in and getting out. And that's so hard to do. Anybody who wants to do play-by-play, that ability to set up your partner. You have to think all the time, I'm John Stockton. That's it. I would, I would tell anybody who wanted to do that. Just think of John Stockton every game you do. Set up your teammates. And if you do that, it'll be a great broadcast. Don't get out in front of it. Because if you do, then your analyst will go, wait, what, what's he doing? Why is he talking about uh, the A-gap here? Right, you know, taking the top off uh, the, uh, the muffin or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> you know just, just do, you know, it's like down, distance, you know, get the names right, and then lay out and let your analyst be great. Yeah, Paul. I like when they mention, like, a defensive tackle. He's a three technique, and yeah. they don't care that 99% of the country has no idea what they're talking about. There are things that are said during a game, and I go, I don't know what you're talking about. You do this for a living. Yes, I, you know, I did Football Night in America for a decade. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. A gap responsibility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a gap responsibility? Is, <laughs> is, it, is it a gap with the A gap? Like, I'm like, okay, come on, guys, you lost me here. All right. 
What did we solve over the first 35 minutes? Did we solve anything? We got a debate with Eli Manning and Dan Marino. If I said you could have two Mannings or one Romo for your broadcast booth. And, and oh, by the way, Zion Williamson had a great debut last night. Um, and I thought the Pelicans did the right thing. I got to have, and I don't know what his limit is going to be on minutes, but, but I hope it's going to be, you know, maybe it gets up to 25 by the end of the year. But look at this long term. If you don't make the playoffs this year, that's okay. But you have a playoff quality roster, in my opinion. Because I think they're going to be fun. I want to see how Ingram and Zion work together. You know, maybe J.J. Redick at his age, is he back for one more year? I think Lonzo was really developing into the player that we thought he was going to be. You know, they get a little more size in there, maybe a rim protector, and they're they're good. They're fun. Yeah, Paul. A couple games coming up, the Pelicans versus the Bucks, Tuesday, February 4th, two days after the Super Bowl, Primetime TNT. Mm. That's a great one. Is Greek there a Greek. game before that, though? When is the game before that? Because I can't imagine Zion playing back-to-back games. Um, there's a Sunday night game and then a Tuesday game. Okay. You better sit him out for that Sunday game. Well, then that, that's Houston Rockets. But you want to see Greek Freak versus Zion. Yes, McClellan. By the way, sorry, that was Dave Pass not bringing on the call with uh, Ben Gundy and oh. Jackson last night. Yeah, someone pointed that out. Yeah. And Rinaldi was doing so, had to do some uh, Popovich interviews. Oh, God. <laughs> that, those haven't changed. That's combat pay right there. I was totally random question. How long is Popovich going to do this? It's weird to see the, B, uh, the Spurs is just a set-up B team in that scenario. Well, I thought they were going to be in a rebuild and they would trade DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge. But I, you know, Pop lost his wife, so I, I don't know if the basketball job takes on a, a little bit more importance to him. I, I don't know what he wants. I don't know him. I've been around his players, and they all say the same thing. It's like Belichick. Oh, you'd love him. And I, I go, I, yeah, I guess. He goes, no, no, you just sit there and talk wine with him, and you'd love Pop. And a really interesting, well-read. I'm not going to find out anytime soon. My one interaction with him, believe it or not, was when – The Spurs won the title, and he didn't want to be interviewed after the game. And he said, this is all about the players. So we're – I'm on the podium. And this is my one chance where I get – like Belichick. The only time I've interviewed him was he's on the podium. I got two questions for Bill. And then Pop goes, no. He's like waving me off. He goes, no, no, it's about the players. I'm coming. All right. Good for you. Take a break. Got our play of the day coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, it's Paulie Paps from the Dan Patrick Show. We've got an awesome podcast to tell you about today. It's the big podcast with Shaq. Of course, it's big. Tune in every week as Shaq and his crew cover sports, entertainment, and a lot more with Shaq. That's the only way the diesel does it. The show is full of laughs and amazing stories. Stay tuned to the end of this episode from a great clip from the big podcast with Shaq. Then be sure to subscribe on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast listening apps so you don't miss an episode. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. 
And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play of the day. Check this out. Ball, no look beat the Zion. Oh, he didn't take the three. Now he's got it. Right wing three again. Got it again. You have got to be kidding me. That's the Pelicans Radio Network. Welcome to the jungle. Zion had 17 consecutive points, finishing the game with 22. He actually accounted for 21 consecutive points because he had assists on uh, the other two baskets there. He was 4-4 from three-point range. Next game will be against the Nuggets. It's the Pelicans' second of their three-game home stretch. Play of the day, play of the day, brought to you by LegalZoom. Need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK in the box at checkout for special savings. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. That's another thing. Zion, if he's going to keep you honest, you know, it's a three-point shot. Now, and it doesn't have to be a jumper out there. It doesn't have to be Damian Lillard out there. It's just if he can hit that shot, and even though it's a set shot, because you're going to play off of him because you know that if he gets inside, it could be, you know, a three-point play. But when you have that shot, you know, Giannis didn't have it. He's getting it. Ben Simmons doesn't have it. And maybe he never has that. Imagine if Ben Simmons had that. And Ben Simmons, you know, you have to honor the three-point shot. With Ben, you don't. You don't even think about it. You're almost, you're saying, go ahead, take it. I don't care. If Zion can keep you honest and be respectable at the three-point line, wow, it's a huge, huge advantage for him. We know what he can do. He's quick, although he sort of floats. Like Le'Veon Bell would float and then hit the hole. Zion sort of floats, and then he goes, and he's so explosive. Uh, But there's a lot of things to take away from that. It's just don't take too much away from it. It's one game, and we get caught up in that. And I want to see how, how's the knee feel today? Anybody who's ever had surgery, first time you play, that next day, you know, you ice it after the game, and then I want to know how it feels. Because that's, that's what the medical staff is going to ask you. How's it feel? And then how many, how many are you going, when do you start to increase his minutes? Because this is a medical decision. Not Alvin Gentry. The medical staff said, no, he's done. But we, we have a chance to, no, he's done. And you got to fight that urge. And they did they did that well last night. That's at home. Those fans have been dying. They've been starved for this. And you fought the urge and you did the right thing. And that is, limit his minutes until you're comfortable and he's comfortable. Yeah, Paul. If you're Alvin Gentry, the coach of the uh, Pelicans, do you look for spots for, for him to, for Zion to have an easy night as opposed to those matchups you want? For example, they have a game against the uh the Milwaukee Bucks in a week, week and a half. But the next night they have the Chicago Bulls. Those are two completely different teams and challenges. Do you sit him against the tough team and let him play and get run against the Bulls? And you know, later in the season, do you play him against the Lakers or play him against the Warriors the night before? Do you look for easy nights? I would look for easy nights, but I don't know if there's 
pressure from the NBA? Because how many musty TV games have we had this year? Not many. I mean, if you get the Lakers against Zion, the Greek freak against Zion, you know, that's what you want. That's what these networks have been hoping for. You're like, we got to get a game that somebody really cares about watching. I, I struggled to watch the 76ers last night, Nick Lovin. It's, it's tough. And, and I wonder if your team has got a glass ceiling there. That I, I just wonder with Embiid and Ben I just I don't know. It's a weird mix with the 76ers. They should be the best team in the East. Should be. But then I got a Miami team who plays hard and plays together, and it feels like those pieces fit better than the 76ers do. You know, the Raptors. You know, Pascal Siakam. Who would have thought a couple of years ago if I said, hey, they're going to lose Kawhi, but they got a guy who is going to fill that void. And I, here's another thing. Can Fred Van Vliet change his name to Fred Van Fleet, please? I think he'd be a star. Because it's just it's it's difficult on us broadcasters. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Fleet. See, it just it's so much quicker. You know who I really like that Fred Van Fleet. You know I really like that Fred Van Vliet. Oh, what's his name? Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, Paul. If Giannis Tetacumbo was averaging four and two, we'd never learn how to pronounce his name. And we'd all be better off because it, it took years. Yeah, I just call him Greek. Freak. I still don't know if I'm. It's like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Is it Gilead? And then Paulie goes, "You got to get a nickname for him. He's he's going to be a great player. I mean, he's eh. he's really good. Hyphenated player. He's really good. No hyphenated school. I have a problem with oh. hyphenated player. I'd make an exception. Look at his numbers. I mean, Oklahoma City. You know, they lose Paul George. They're like, okay. We're good. I'm trying to type in Shea Gilgis Alexander. You should see what I'm going through right now. <laughs> Just go Shea. I didn't even get his first name oh, right. Okay. I spelled it S-H-A-Y. <laughs> I'm telling you, you should have a roll on this. He's instance. really he's, – he's good, man. He's good. Yes, McLovin. So if you had to trade one of these two players, Ben Simmons or Joel, if you're the Sixers, would you – Well, what am I getting in return, though? Both some gigantic packages. But what am I getting? That's what she said. What well, am I getting in return? It wasn't like, um, would you trade either of them? But if you had to build around one of those two. I have to know more about, does Embiid want to be great? And as strange as that may sound, I don't know if he wants to be great. I think he likes being entertaining. But to be great, this has to be 12 months out of the year. Does Ben want to be great? Can he be great? If you don't have a shot, then that makes it a whole lot tougher for me. Embiid can do everything. Does he want to do it? And does he want to get better every year? And I, I don't know. There are many players who put up those kind of numbers, and we still question if they want to be great. But I every year I want to, I want to see something. I want to see growth. And I, I don't know if Embiid wants to be great. And, you know, do you say to Ben Simmons, we got to get you somebody who's going to help you? You know what I would do? I'd get another left. I'd get Chris Mullen. I'd hire Chris Mullen. Get another left-hander who sees what you see and then help you a little bit. Now, there are other great left-handed shooters. But if you could say to Chris Mullen, Chris, what, it, what, what would it cost for three weeks out of the year in the summer where you just work with Ben Simmons and all he does is shoot jumpers? 
And Chris will go, well, make me the head coach and I'll do it. Yes, Paul. You're right about Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's averaging 20 and 6. His actual name is uh, Shevante Asian Gilgis Alexander. See, it could be worse. And his cousin is in the league. His name is Nikel Alexander Walker, also hyphenated. His cousin plays for New Orleans. Was he with Virginia Tech? Nikel Alexander Walker Jr. The, the third? Yeah, Vatek. He job was good. He was good. He's ever did six and two for the I game. know my Pelicans. You know my two favorite teams? Pelicans and the Grizzlies. <laughs> ja? I love Ja Morant. I love him. Why don't you marry him? Fritzy says, how about Fred Van Threet? He had a couple of big clutch ones in the fourth quarter to put down Philly. Thank you, Todd. Former team of Cedale 3. I love Cedale 3. McLevin, what are the poll results so Now far? it's 52% Marino over Eli. All right. Still close. All right. Okay. One hour in the books, two more to go. It's actually a Traeger meet Thursday today, by the way. Yeah, surprise, surprise. As promised, here's a clip from the big podcast with Shaq. No need wasting time. Oh, you want to get right to it? Oh, yeah, let's get right to it. Oh, my right, Here we go. Ready? Please, in an all, bu- all, <laughs> wait a minute, all business mood today. Well, it's, it's not a little business mood. I just don't like it. Uh, this is a weird, weird no, story. It's not, it's not yes, weird. Yes, it is. It, it is weird. You no, know, it's not weird. Okay. It's, it's, it's the new generation we live in. Yeah, I think you're right. People will feel so comfortable in their house and behind their phones and, you know, when they know I'm not around. But I'm not hard to find. Yeah. Both both guys had ample opportunity. What they do? Put their heads down like the little puppies they are and walk away. Right. <laughs> now you see, Shaq, the idea of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee wanting to fight you. Okay, this came up by the way on on Danny Green's and podcast, did. and it did. Um, th- th- I guess Dwight Howard said, uh, "Quote: I was like uh, to JaVale, hey man, did you want to fight Shaq? And he was like, man, I did, I did too. But then there's two things we got to worry about. He's a cop, so if we hurt him, we're going to jail." The hell out of here. You're gonna hurt oh, no. And two, and Jack gets a hold of us, it's over. <laughs> Either one of them. But, yeah. but it just speaks to my leadership abilities. Because what I did is I made them become good players. And exactly what I wanted. Exactly what happened to me. Will Chamberlain and Kareem made me so freaking mad. Well, I didn't want to fight them because of the respect I have for them. See, these young guys don't have respect for the elders. But they made me so mad. I said, okay, I'm going to make y'all remember my name. And, uh, I'm uh, noticing their name. You know, JaVale has a couple of championships under his belt, but guess what? You're welcome. I did that. That's what I do. I make people so pissed off. They want to fight me. Kobe wanted to fight me. How many rings you got, B-Dog, Mr. Refreshments? Uh, well, wait a minute now. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Refreshments, how many rings I got? Me, 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 Kobe, me, had, Kobe has five, you have four. Okay, no, but how many rings do me and Kobe have? Y'all got three. Exactly. So that's what a leader does. I ruffle feathers. I know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I know they're playing. But I'm just saying that what I did to, to ruffle the feathers made them okay players. JaVale has two rings, and Dwight, if they keep playing, he's going to have a ring. And all I can say is you're welcome. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.